Welcome to the Part-Time Otaku Podcast. I'm Dave. I'm Grant. And hello, that's it. That's the whole fancy intro. Um, We're here to talk about Attack on Titan, as always. Talking about Season 4, Episode 2. I think it was called Midnight Train. Is that accurate? The Midnight Train, I believe. The Midnight Train. Um, Let's just jump into it. I mean, if you guys listened to Episode 1 or last week's episode... It was a hell of a season opener. It was all kinds of madness. And Grant, this episode feels like it's more, it's, you know, kind of at a slower pace and kind of more of a setting the stage episode. Is that kind of, is that fair to say? I'm going to go ahead and, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I, I think this is a significantly better episode. Really? Um, this is, it not not in terms of action and like you know like just you know explosiveness on the screen but like this is this is like this is season two attack on titan this is you know it's slow it's methodic you know methodical like it's getting the details out and it just what what a what a great episode for like just filling in the blanks I knew you, know? you would like this kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like methodical, like it's all in the details, lots of conversations behind closed doors, that kind of vibe. Very clandestine, like, you know, clandestine. Even though it's like out in the open, it's, it's still Marley. You know, it's very much Marley. Uh, which, you know, episode two, I'm more comfortable. I get the characters now. And I really see, you know, I, I am getting the vibe where they're going. And also the animation in this episode is... I would say, for the most part, a very CG. Did you notice that? Yeah, definitely. Like, they leaned on it, and it definitely... There, there's this there's this one scene, and we'll get to, you know, like, a whole plot breakdown in a minute, but there's, like, this one area where they're all outside, and Reiner's looking at, you know, these kids, all the warrior candidates are talking, Yeah. and the CG feels super inconsistent with, like, mm-hmm. it's not matching their the fast action of their mouths talking. Yeah. And then it... But then, you know, the immediate shot after that is, like, of Reiner looking at them, and he's framed by this, like, beautiful sunset behind him, and the lighting is coming across his face, and it was like, holy shit, that's an, an amazing shot. Mm. It's just weird that it was preceded by this kind of messy scene. There's, and th- that's the thing, too. I, I'm, I'm wondering, it was less jarring than the previous episode. It was such a weird, th- you know, such a weird way to start uh, the, the episode, but... You know, the jarring reveal of, you know, Reiner and the Armored Titan, you know, and falling from the sky, it was, it, it wasn't bad. And I still don't think it's bad, but it was just so jarring. It's starting to look more natural. Like, you know, there's, I don't want to jump ahead, but there's a scene with two characters walking up a staircase and they're talking and like, just the way their bodies look really natural. Yeah, you know, it's, like you can, it's almost like you can feel the new animators getting used to it. Yeah. <laughs> The characters and and who knows like the process of how they make them, but yeah, it just yeah, it just I, seemed more natural. Maybe it's just us getting used to it, but yeah, I mean it is a hell of an adjustment uh, in terms of the animation style. So so yeah, um, but maybe with all that said, we should jump into the actual content of the yeah. episode. You know, it starts off just with this. I think it's actually a black shot, like cold open, where it's just uh, you just see the subtitles and there's no picture yet. Mm-hmm. And it says, human ingenuity surpasses and shatters Marley's armor at last. And it's this, you know, war council meeting where the generals are talking about this newspaper headline of different uh, different nations. So you were kind of, you know, you predicted or you were, you were talking a lot about this last week mm-hmm. about are we going to learn that there's more nations out there? And we were both wondering, like, damn, like, you know, these weapons that cut through the Titans, like, is this really going to end Marley's dominance? And it feels like everybody's, re- like, resoundingly being like, yes, yes, in- yes. In- including the the Marley head command. That's yeah. the, the, that's what we open to. And, and also, like, clearly Hitler. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if they'll go, because, you know, not to beat or kick a dead horse here, you know, we've talked about it a bunch, you know, we're really kind of going the Nazi Holocaust route, um, yeah. it seems like. I wonder if they'll go as far as the Hitler route. Like, are they going to give you one bad guy to embody? It, you know, it makes you wonder if there's going to be a big bad. I don't think so. I think if anyone it is going to be 
Commander Magath from who's back right. in this episode. You can tell I don't know if he's in charge of the warrior program or because mm -hmm. like you know they give some titles like we Zeke and is known as the war chief. Yep. And and Reiner is the the vice war chief. Yeah. Or so like you know the um if anything, that character, like that role, I think is going to go to Magath, and who knows, like you know where it's going to go. But I don't think they're going to be in Marley for much longer. Yeah, it's super interesting. So they they keep going, and they talk about yes, okay, we all agree that our superiority is kind of waning. Um, it took us four years to squash something that probably shouldn't have been that hard. Mm -hmm. um, and then Zeke jumps in, and they they're not going to let up in this whole theme of like really beating the audience over the head of like, listen, Eldians are second-class citizens, even the warriors, yep. which is why Zeke has to request permission just to give his opinion. Very, yeah, yeah. Just, and he's uh, Zeke. He's like the beast titan. We're used to seeing him in like season three just fucking shit up. Yeah. Just, he's the boss. He's the big bad. He's the embodiment of all the, you know, there was a time in season three where he must have had all the answers. And now he's... Yeah. Just another second-class citizen, but he's got a slight leg up because he's a warrior. Mm -hmm. So anyway, even they call him, they call him the is it the Wonder Kid? They did Wonder Boy Zeke. The Wonder Wonder Boy Zeke, and you can kind tell like he's condescending too. And you can tell he's he's like the the pet. You know, funny enough, he's the Beast Titan, but yep. you you can tell like he, you know, with, with everything that happened with him giving up Grisha and uh, you know and his mother. I think it's Dina. Yeah, Dina Fritz is his mother. Yep. Um, you know, giving them up, and obviously, you know, he he would have just been some other Eldian at that point mm -hmm. if he had not done that. He had, you know, he had made his made his mark, but very condescending, very you know, it's, it's like you said, second class citizen. Which uh, is and just, uh, it's so conflicting, right? Like we've been trained to look at these characters in one way for a year or two or a couple seasons now, mm -hmm. and you know what they're doing is so brilliant, right? Like by giving us two episodes without even touching the main cast yet mm -hmm. and all we're doing is starting to feel for these other characters it's like what are you doing to me it's so fun yeah it's um you know i i guess you you wouldn't have you didn't uh you didn't play the last of us i guess this is some major spoilers if you played uh, the last of us part no, two i didn't go ahead but the whole you know it was you know you played the first game and you had like these two characters and you fell in love with them and their story and then, you know, there's all this time passes and you go into the second one and they kind of, you know, they, they pull a, like a fast one and you're actually seeing it from someone else's side of the story. Oh, okay. That perspective who was, shift. Who, who, yeah, perspective shift. And you're actually seeing it from the antagonist. And I know there's a lot of hullabaloo about that, but like I ended up enjoying the perspective shift more than the original. I know. You know? Oh, so God. I don't think I'm getting that vibe yet. I think if anything, Falco is and we'll we'll get to that you know falco has yeah. a, a couple moments in this episode Big one. he he very aaron-esque yep 100 percent. you know he it's weird he he's very much like aaron but i'm getting a protector vibe like mikasa from him interesting you know uh it's almost like a role reversal between gabby and falco it's a reversal of yeah, aaron and, and mikasa they're different kind of amalgams but they're all kind yeah. of maybe a sum of different parts or the same parts, but it's giving us a different result. A picture is being painted. You know, we're yeah. supposed to think and we're supposed to see like characters within each other. But um, yeah, no, it's, uh, but anyway, so the perspective shift. So, you know, it's, we see Zeke and then, you know, there's, it was also very interesting, you know, the the way he threw, you can tell Zeke, there's, Zeke is very smart. He, he's got a plan oh, here yeah. because he throws Colt under the bus. Yeah. And then in the immediate scene following, it's no, no, you're uh, like, sorry, like I had to do it more or less, you know, like yeah, they, it was they, at your, you know. Yeah. They make it obvious that Zeke is like, Oh, sorry. I had to throw you under the bus to further my agenda. He literally says that. Yeah. So, so, okay. I guess we don't believe what he said because what he said in that war room was, Oh, I'm concerned. Colt can't handle the full power of the beast what, or the beast Titan, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. But then he kind of recants it privately to Colt anyway, a minute mm -hmm. later. Um, we should touch on the counsel that he did give, which was, hey, yes, our military superiority with the Titans is ending. However, 
in the meantime, I have, you know, they ask, how much time do you have left on your term? Almost like it sounds like a government contract. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, I guess in a way it is. Um, AKA, how much time do you have left to live? And he's like, yeah, I've got a year left. And my idea is while we restructure the military, we should assemble all of the Titan forces. Give me another shot at the island of Paradis. I want to go down there and reunite all of our power, you know, bring back all of the Titans under our control, you know, bring back the founding Titan, et cetera, et cetera. I, I took that scene as him saying, you need me, you need to let me go back so I can get the founding Titan to allow you to restructure. Interesting. Because it, it, I got the vibe that, you know, Marley has leaned too heavily on the Titans and they're clearly being surpassed tech, you yep. know, in technology technologically yep so i kind of took that as like hey you know may i speak okay now that i'm speaking you guys are fucked allow <laughs> me to give you time and you can there is like you know there's like the weird respect between like you know what they have for him and what you can do they're all terrified of them yep. you can clearly tell that like even you know also i found it interesting too cult like cult is always around yep and i guess that just makes sense because you know He's, he's a gonna. Successor. Well, he's a successor, but he's gonna get Zeke's memories. So regardless, yeah. he's you know might as well just be in the room kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's almost like an experience thing, like an apprenticeship. But it's it's very interesting that the whole warrior program and like the way I feel like we're gonna get more into like why they're chosen and like maybe the training and all that. But it's uh, so it's such a structured program. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the way Titans are passed back and forth there is so literally government regulated. And it's just not at all what we were anticipating because everything that happened on the island with the main cast, people that are Titans are usually Titans by accident. They don't mm -hmm. understand anything about it. Yeah. So it's, it's very jarring. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I want to get to while he's outside talking to Colt is Colt goes, you know, you're unlike any other Beast Titan in history. Why are you so special? It's not like you have royal blood. But he does. But he does, right? Yeah, yeah. Dita Fritz. Dita was... Fritz. Yeah. Okay. So his mother, Grisha's first wife, yeah, was of royal blood because she mm -hmm. was the smiling Titan. Mm -hmm. And so this is connecting a lot of things for me that I probably could have known already. But if you remember back in season two, when Aaron uses the coordinate power for the first time, it's because he is touching Dina Fritz's hand when she's a Titan, right? Because she has the bloodline. She's one of the seven. Right. The fact is it, yeah, because she has, they're the, or, how she's, does that, how does that work? Part of some royal bloodline, I, I think maybe some royal Eldian bloodline, I, hmm. I guess, um, like a direct one of the descendant. Seven. Yeah, one of direct. the seven bloodlines, yeah. Yeah, so, so he touches her hand and he gains the ability, his coordinate powers start working. I guess this probably explains that because Zeke is a direct descendant of her, Mm. That his beast titan is probably OP. Amplified, right? yeah. Yeah, so he maybe that's why he can yell at titans and make them transform. Or yell at Eldians and make them pop into uh, titans. Maybe not all beast titans can do that, or maybe they mm. can. I don't know. But okay, but it, it did make one thing clear. Marley has no idea that he's actually of royal descent, right? I think that's what it is. I think he's been, like, you know... That's a detail he's left out, but you you would think they would have known that. But I guess Dina, because she her and Grisha met during like the resistance yep. meetings, you know, like the all the underground meetings. They must have had an idea that yeah. there was like at, at least a Fritz left, because she was a she would have been abandoned from when the the Fritzes originally left. Yeah, so I don't know what what that's about, but he's timeline wise, he's yeah. keeping a secret, and then he actually says to Colt, he's like, "Oh, you'll you'll learn it when I." When you gain all my memories. Yeah, that was so funny. I laughed and out loud. Little misdirect. He's like, oh, it's a secret way. I wipe my ass. But, like, <laughs> but I guess he realizes very clearly, like, he might have the secret for now, but it won't be his secret for long, forever. I mean, he'll be dead and it won't matter. It won't matter, yeah. But uh, his secret will get passed down to Colt. Okay, so that makes sense. Um, they're on that roof talking, you know, about this. And then, I, is it Magath that shows up? Magus shows up and, yeah. you know, right to the chase of, you have no secrets. I want to know how many ass hairs you have, you know, on your ass, or how many hairs you have on your ass. Like, you know, yeah. like, 
You know, light cigarette. my cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leans into it. <laughs> light it. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. But he does drop a big knowledge bomb here. He's yeah. like, uh, we sent 32 ships to the island of Parody and zero have come back. I'm going to put a pause on that. I'm going to, this is my theory. Hit me. None of those ships are destroyed. Oh, oh! you think like our main cast is killing the occupants, but keeping the ships? I think they're keeping the ships. They are at sea. I think, I think when the original cast and the new cast finally meets, it's going to be a at sea battle where the Titans are useless. God. That is interesting. That's yeah. a, I like that prediction. You're, yeah. you're going out on a limb with it. That's, I think that's going to be the first big, like, epic battle. It's going to be ODM. I think the, the original crew is going to have a huge advantage because they're going to be at open sea. You know, they're not going to be able to effectively use the Titans on ships. Like, we don't know. Again, that's, this is a total out of left field prediction here. Yeah. But um, I think all those ships are fully operational and filled with, you know, parody Eldians. Interesting. Okay. I like the, I like the prediction. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I, you know, one thing we know for sure is that Marley's attempts to go back there have obviously been unsuccessful. Just, I think it was just, they, he says scouts, all our scout ships. Yeah. But he does mention there, there were 32 of them over mm-hmm. the course of the last four years. So if yeah. you went 32 and oh, it's not great. <laughs> not great. Um, so that's it, you know, kind of encouraging to hear that the main cast has been staying busy. I'm sure we'll find out what they've been up to later, but mm-hmm. You know, we know that they found the dock, and they found the place where they usually kick Eldians off that wall. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we we know that. So assuming, you know, once they found the dock, they maybe started setting up some defenses or something or other. That's uh, interesting to hear that they've clearly, they haven't just been uh, resting over the last four years. They've been busy. Um, I think they've been very busy. I'm so excited. So <laughs> This is why this is why I love this episode so much. It was it was so revealing. It's you know it's just breadcrumb after breadcrumb breadcrumb. But like as we continue, it just they're getting bigger and bigger, and it just it's just gonna come to fruition. It's just gonna be gorgeous. I can't wait. Um, moving on, we get this cool scene. We meet the Galliard quicker than I thought we would. We, I yep. think we were talking about last week. Like, are we gonna meet this dude? And yeah, I think yeah, I think they gotta get. The, He's very interesting. Um, I kind of got the vibe. Well, he was did he was supposed to be the armored titan, no? Or no, his brother was supposed to be the armored titan. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a little confused here. I don't know how good your memory is, but he also again drops a couple knowledge bombs on us, right? Yeah. Um, he you know, he's got this dirty line about Ymir. One, mm. he confirms that Ymir is dead. He ate her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Shows her uh, in shows shackles. Yeah. And he goes, what an impressive name for such a pitiful woman. <laughs> like, yeah. Jesus Christ. They have no no sympathy. You can tell they're so indoctrinated to yeah. like the the word of Marley Law yeah. and like history. He's doing her dirty there. But yeah. he, so he mentions his brother, whose name was Marcel. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as Marcel goes, do you remember way back when we learned about Ymir becoming like a cognizant titan. We get like this flashback of she ate one of their friends. Like she yeah, ate... and it's it's Bertold and Reiner. Yeah, there's Bertold and Reiner, and yeah. one guy jumps in front, mm-hmm. and she eats him. And that's yeah. what wakes her up, and she gains a, a titan power, which is, you know, why uh, they brought her back, and, and presumably why Galliard inherited her, her ability. Who did she eat? Was that Galliard's brother? Or is that a completely uh, different guy? No, I'm thinking... I'm thinking the guy that she ate was his brother. Okay. That is, I, you know, there were like names being mixed up that I couldn't remember. So it sounds like she just out of happenstance got woke the up, jump, woke yeah. up, got the jump on, on uh, the three of them, ate Galliard or, or Marcel. Uh, Marcel, Galliard's brother. And then, you know, infiltrated the wall and was like, not really too upset about everything because she had her own weird little arc. But then, you know, Reiner and Berthold drag her back one way or the other, and uh, and she's eaten by by Galliard. Okay, and he seems to be. It makes sense that he's just wrecking shit as that Titan. I think he has the jaw Titan. Yeah. 
Yeah, it makes sense that he's wrecking shit because he was probably a candidate for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like they all, and we do get a reveal of like the previous class candidates, which was very, you know, it's jumping ahead, but what a what an interesting moment. Yeah, um, a little more on Galliard. He was a bit of a dick to Reiner. It felt like, like, did you catch some of that stuff? Some of the dialogue Cle- between them clearly has no respect for him. Hundred percent. Yeah, because um, he probably he got the memories think- right. He, yeah, because that's he didn't get. Yeah, he would have got Ymir's memories, Which and he bring, yeah, he makes the reference of like you know, and uh, he like went right for the throat. It was like, are you just gonna go from encounter encounter having someone else save you? Yeah, he's like, and oh, I was like, wow. And then he's like, is you know what were you doing pretending to be a reliable guy? Were you trying to imitate my brother? He's like, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, man. Um, also. Interesting. Reiner uh, has some serious PTSD involving uh, Mikasa. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you rec- are you mentioning that dream sequence, which is like I think how... that's how he wakes up to that scene. Yeah, that scene starts because at the end of the uh, scene on the roof, Zeke says it's not just the Titans we have to worry about, and then mm. it fades into Mikasa wrecking shit. Yeah. Um, and Zeke himself obviously got his ass handed to him uh, in his in his fight with Levi. It was interesting that, I guess you know he, I guess you know Zeke was referencing the scouts in general, and then that was like the segue to you know introducing Reiner. So I guess he would have. At first, I thought, well, why didn't they show Levi? But I guess it was their way of cutting to Reiner. And I yeah, guess it was good. Cut. Reiner, yeah, very good cut. But uh, it could be their way of you know showing PTSD about. about about their one-on-one losses to these people. It could yep. be about the scouts at large. It could be about the Ackermans. Mm. Or, yeah, Mikasa encapsulates a lot. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, you know, moving on, Galliard is a dick to Reiner. And then I think we meet the Cart Titan. Is this, like, the quadriplegic one or the one that's always on all fours? The quadriplegic? You mean... Yeah, I guess... <laughs> I guess she in a wheelchair? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess she wouldn't be uh, in a wheelchair. But the, the one that's uh, always walking all weird. Yeah, non-bipedal. Yeah, but yeah. didn't you... Am I wrong in assuming it was a dude under there? Like, I always assumed it was a dude. <clears throat> Did you assume it was a dude? I hadn't assumed, because I was also under the assumption... We had talked about this uh, last week or the week before. I had assumed... I was under the impression that that was just, like, an intelligent titan. It wasn't necessarily a shifter. Uh, okay. Because they had... I think someone makes, like, an offhand reference in Season 3 about, like, the intelligent titan save. Like, you know, they were kind of, like, shocked to see it. Yeah. Um, I, I really had no idea what we're getting into, but we're introduced to Piek, I think is the name. Piek. pronounced it. Piek. And she says she's the cart titan. Yeah. And cart, I have to assume that means the, sh- the thing she carries on her back. So she has to be that titan, right? Yeah, for sure. And she says she was in titan form for two months. That's wild. Has any... Has, other than her, like, have we seen that before on no. screen where someone was, you know, on for that long? I mean, I think Ymir says before she woke up after eating Marcel, she was a Titan for 60 years. But, like, she was asleep for a part of that time. Like, she probably doesn't even remember it. You know what no. I mean? Yeah. So, I think it's a shifter being in it in that form that long, I think, is probably a record. Mm-hmm. What a what a pro, man. Holy crap. And she's, like, she's on, uh, she's got a... What do you call it when you break a limb and you use it to walk around? A crutch. She's got a crutch with her, probably because she's like relearning how to walk. Well, she even says she's like, I'm not used to being a biped. Like yeah. I, I forgot how to do it, and you know she's, uh, and but you know she can tell she's she's uh, significantly more caring than Reiner. She doesn't outright, you know, give Reiner a break, but she's like, maybe we shouldn't pick on the guy who just took cannon balls to the head. You know, <laughs> you know, like just trying to get. Galliard to lay off a little bit. You can tell, like, Galliard and Reiner, I don't think that's their last uh, encounter. Yeah, I don't think so either. And it's it's funny, too, because on the battlefield, Galliard did save Reiner's ass a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he saved the Titan candidates. And then Reiner also saved Zeke when yes, they were all at the very end. Form, You know what I mean? So, like, the chemistry and the teamwork is definitely there, but, uh, you know, apparently make no mistake that <laughs> they have feelings when they're, hu- when they're in their human form. I think I don't think they're they're underselling how much of a failure. I think they're sorry. I guess yeah, they are underselling how much of a failure 
the parody operation was. Like, I know, like, a war came out of it, yep. and it was four years long. So I guess, like, that is not exactly underselling it. But in, I guess, in, in conversation, you know, like, it's... I bet you that was a huge deal when they came back. Yeah. No, you know, they had, been, they had been gone for five years. You know, nothing significant had come of it. You know, and I'm wondering, too, like, was Galliard, was, or I guess Galliard wouldn't have been there, but was Piek there the whole time as well, operating in the background? Yeah, I mean, who knows about the whole time, but we did see her with Zeke at least a few times, right? Yeah, at the she, very end. She yeah. carried Zeke's ass out of there after uh-huh. he got beat up. Um, yeah, so maybe she was involved. You know, it sounds like they invested significant resources in that operation just to have it fail. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not shocking that uh, everybody resents him a little bit. Um Following that, I mean, this is when we move into this scene that we were talking about at the top of the episode, where, you know, I think Reiner starts walking around, um, and he's, like, talking with the LDN candidates, mm. or the warrior candidates, and... We get some proper introductions. We get some proper introductions. But you basically get the vibe. I mean, you know, there's not a ton that goes on here before mm-hmm. they get on the train, but, you know, they talk to them about, you know, that... What, what am I trying to say here? They all meet up and they're all super happy to see Reiner, mm-hmm. right? And he's like kind of like the big brother of the crew, it feels like. You well, know, he's, their, he's their commander. Yeah, Gabby you know, like, is a, yeah. clearly obsessed with him. Is also family with him. Yeah, we later learn that she's his niece, is that right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, Her cousin, it'd be yeah. his cousin. Yeah. Oh, right, yes. Um, Falco is clearly, you know, concerned about Reiner, but clearly, like, the, the guys want to, these kids just want to hang out with him. Yeah. Because he's their off commanding officer yeah they idolize him yeah they really do they are to become him literally you know it's they it's it's probably like for them it's the highest honor they've had their whole lives they've been called rats and scum and the only chance they have to get away and out of it is is through reiner you know it's because part of the title of becoming a warrior is you're an honorary marleyan yeah (laughs) It's like the literally the only way you can not be an Eldian anymore. But even then, you're you're still not a real Marleyan. Yeah, the Wonder Boy. You know, like he's yeah. still you know he's still you know taken with a grain. Maybe not a grain of salt. He's clearly like a tactical mind they, yeah. they choose to go to, but but a, but a lesser person. Yeah, doesn't matter how smart he is. Um, cut to the train. That's really the next scene. I mean, all the Eldians are celebrating their victory. Well, I guess we should we should like go over the names. So we have Gabby, oh, right. yep, Falco, Obi, yeah, I believe, and then Sophia. Is we get Obi like the one that was like kicking stuff because he yeah. was upset, and Reiner was like, "Don't attack the ground." But that was but, and I, I don't want to jump past that either. I thought that was so interesting. Like, it's very similar to. A moment, you know, again, this is in the next scene on the train, there's a moment between Reiner and Falco, which is probably one of the, the biggest moments in the episode, in my opinion. If not the, you know, big moment was, you know, Obi was like, good, like, you know, yeah, we won the war, but like, now the whole world just thinks, you know, we're, people still think we're rats, like, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know, and just like the frustration, these, these poor children, like, you know, growing up in this, you know, they're... They're being used as pawns for war and showing like it's the warrior program is so fucked up, dude. It's super fucked up. It's, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, no, you're right because I think he he goes off on that tangent because he sees the prisoners of war or survivors of war on the other side. Yeah, and they're all either you know they're they're headed home or whatever. And he's like, dude, he's gonna bring them stories about what monsters we are on the battlefield. Yeah, and it's it's just continually gonna perpetuate you know, what we're all about, which is literally dropping Titan bombs on people. <laughs> yeah, which, unreal. Yeah. Unreal stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he's he's frustrated, and, and he should be. Um, but, yeah, we get those formal introductions. Reiner, you know, this is also the scene where we mentioned the, the, the CG was, like, really weird in one scene and yeah. then really great in another. So that was mm-hmm. a weird moment that really stuck out to me. Um but then we cut to the train, and one of my favorite parts is like all the Aldians are celebrating, <laughs> and I it's think it's is it the Colt? lead up. It's the lead up when Colt's yeah when it's Colt is trying to like you know he's clearly loaded. I think it's just him that's drunk. Yeah, 
And he's like, you know, at first you think he's like berating them. And then he's like giving, you know, Gabby ultimate honors, you know, retelling the story. He's like, she did this for you. Like she did kind of save 800 lives with that little maneuver. Yeah. And you can just see Falco is chapped. Yeah. hundred percent. Super chapped. Like his brother, you know, like his brother is just, you know, he, it's probably weird for him. He probably looks up to his brother totally. in a certain way. And he looks up to Reiner who, you know, they're, they're all close family. And I think Gabby also kind of reveals her, her character in this episode. Yeah, you know, she's she, pretty straightforward. When, I mean, she's clearly, like, you know, brilliant and a tactical mind. But yeah. she's all about this life. Yeah, she's, 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 she's selfish. Yeah, she, she's, yeah, she's down. Yeah. Um, the funny part that did make me laugh, though, was it, even, in this, even in the subtitles, you can catch it. And, and and the audio as well, obviously, is Gabby's on Colt's shoulders, and he's chanting Gabby, Gabby, and she's just chanting <laughs> me, me, me. me. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, you got it. Yeah. And then, but, go ahead. Well, yeah, no, and then it like it cuts to the front, you know, front of house and the train, and you know, the one guy's like, like was looked, was looking forward to shutting them up. Oh yeah, it's like uh, again, like when the uh, you know prison guard kind of enjoys telling inmates to shut up because it gives him an opportunity to exercise his power. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. And then one of the guys will go, oh, let them have it. They it's McGath. Yeah. The head honcho, he's like, no, like, <laughs> let him have this one. Yeah. You know? You know, it means more to them than it does to us. It's not, he's not being nice. He's just giving them a little. Like I think that was. scraps for dogs kind of thing. I will say I did find that more of like a soldier moment than like a nation, like a member of a nation moment. Right. You know, at the end of the day, they were like, you know, they're warriors, they're soldiers, like they put their life on the line, whether it's their choice or not. And, you know, the, and I'm not saying it was a redeeming moment, but like I said, I, th- I found that more of a, you know, like a, like a rank and file moment yeah. than, you know, but, uh, it's, but you, even the rest, like the warriors, they don't go in the back. Like they stay front of house. Yep. yep. You know, like okay, Galliard yeah. was there, Zeke was there, Reiner, Piek, like the... It's, uh, and they also, I found this episode too, they really show, you see the color, the color coding a little more of mm-hmm. like the Eldians. There's like the gray. And then I only think the young warriors have yellow. Oh, and then yeah. the, like the actual, like the Titans, the shifters have like the red band. Yeah. But also later in the scene, I think family, it, it must be like a, when you get to that role, the family benefits of it the, too. Cause yeah, I noticed that when they got off the train. The, yeah, the their family, family members had the red pants. Um, before we get off the train, though, there's that big moment where... Oh, yeah. So this is the big one you've, you've mentioned a couple times, where basically, you know, Reiner and Falco are talking about Gabby, and, you know, she's partying, and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, Reiner's saying she's a good kid, and Falco's like, yeah, she's a good kid. She's obsessed with you, and she'll die when she's 27. Yeah. So this the gives turn. us... Yeah. Oh, the turn on his face, on Reiner's face. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, so this is this was almost like some Orwellian, like, 1984 shit, where it's like, for a second there, Falco's like, oh, I can trust you to say this thing. And yeah. then Reiner just turns and is like, what the fuck are you saying? Are you trying to say it's not an honor to die this way? And Falco backpedals real quick. But also, so does Reiner. He, I feel at like the very end, Reiner I think gives him he, a little nugget to hold I think, on to. I think Reiner knows that Falco cares for Gabby deeply. Yeah. And even though it is an honor, I think Falco wants to be the Armored Titan so she can... Yeah. I, I think... I don't... And that's the thing, too. I don't think Falco is... He doesn't think of... I don't think he thinks the El, or the parody Eldians are any less... I don't, I don't think... He, he thinks they're not devils, he, but yeah, I think he, he wants to say that he wants the war to end. So this Titan thing doesn't have to continue. Yeah. I think that's the vibe I'm getting. Like he's, he's seeing, you know, he seems to be thinking in more than one dimension and yeah. maybe is like, what, what is the sense in all this? Um, one thing just on Reiner is like one of the haunting things he says to Falco before he kind of gives him a bit of hope is he goes, Dude, if I were to report you saying this, you know, you and your family will become Titan weapons, which yeah. I, I assume to mean, you know, those Titans they literally just use as cannon fodder or they drop from the drop sky, airplanes. Yeah, so that was rough. 
Um, and then, but then at the very end, he goes, you know, Falco says, I need to be the, I need to be the armored Titan. And Reiner goes, yes, you have to rescue Gabby from the dark future that awaits mm-hmm. us. But then later, Reiner says, oh, it's almost certain that Gabby will become a Titan. So it's kind of like he's playing both sides here. Like, is he... I think, th- I think, no, I think, I think what, th- well, I wanted to get into that because we've talked about this before, the duality of Reiner, yeah. you know, and what a, it has always been a complicated character with, you know, the, there's just been like a fog around him. Like we haven't been able to really get to know, but now we see him from the other side of his life, mm-hmm. not the, the parody side, but like the Marleyan side. And I don't think he's going to be like a double agent or anything like that. I don't think he's going to go back. I think he's going to go in a blaze of glory, but um, very conflicted. And then also probably, you know, he has, I guess that, you know, I guess that's pretty much it on the train. You know, there, he has that moment, but it leads to them being home and there's that dinner scene. And, you know, I think he says that uncertainty about Gabby is just like, that's just reassuring the family. You can tell they're all, they have, they're, I think they're used to the status. You can tell they have a nice home. Yep, I, you know, I agree. He, I think it's to keep them, and you can tell how much it cares to his mother. You know, like, to keep the family, like, you know, of, like, status. And it's probably all they've ever had. Like, you know, they've been considered rats their whole life or, like, you know, lesser people. Because they're eating it right up too, right? You know, let alone the fact that in order to pass this power down, your son has to literally be eaten alive. But no one mentions that. She's like, oh, I just can't believe it's going to be such an honor. We'll have two warriors in the family. Because yeah. this is also the scene in which you realize the audience learns that Gabby is related to Reiner. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that he was saying that to placate the family or to encourage them. And then maybe secretly he wants Falco. It also makes you wonder, how much say do the actual warriors get in who succeeds them? Like, do my they guess, get My total? guess is none other than Zeke. Yeah, that would be my guess. Maybe, and I have a feeling they don't trust Reiner. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, or they don't, you know, after everything that happened. But I, I, it does make you wonder because what if they do get a say? What if at the last second, Reiner, you know, despite Gabby passing everything with flying, flying colors, maybe Reiner goes, "No, nah, I'm going to give it to Falco," because of these reasons. Like, I mean, I don't know. Who knows how that works? Um, or you know, if Reiner will be alive long enough for his Titan to actually be inherited by anyone. I would find that surprising, consider how like considering how much like the government considers them as just a tool. Yeah. Like why why would a tool have you know thought you know like they have to ask permission to speak, you Good know, point. and you know I, I I I you know it could be I couldn't see that in my opinion, but you know. It's, no, that's a good point. They are they are a means to an end. I'd be very interested if any, any of them even become titans by the end of this. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> then again, time skips, right? They might. Yeah. Um, oh, that's true. What I was going to say was, you know, that dinner takes place at home. You know, they get yeah. off the train they ent- and uh, the audience is introduced to their home, which appears to be, I think it's called Liberio. Liberio, yeah. And it's like a camp. <laughs> like, I think, I think <laughs> it looks like a camp. I think it's a city. A zone for Eldians? It would be a zone. Well, because this, this would be the same place as uh, in Season 3, Part 2, where they introduce... Because that's where Zeke's from, and Grisha yeah. is from. Yeah, but there so, are gates keeping them in, no? <laughs> well, there no, there were zones. Like, I yeah. think there is towns, I think there's communities, but I don't think it's like, they're not living in, like, tents or anything like that. Oh, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, yeah, there's fully, you know, there's buildings and all that, but it does feel like they are, it's a district in which they are annexed or, or zoned, and maybe yeah. they're not allowed to leave. It's hard to yeah. tell. Um one thing that sticks out were the emotional trauma Eldians. Oh, that was sad. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, there's this lineup of them, and they're all clearly shell-shocked, suffering from PTSD, and the soldier, soldiers around them are going, boom, like just to scare them. Did you catch the moment up. with the soldier that had the armband on the wrong arm? Yeah, I did notice that. I wonder if that's the character from the, uh, the Stinger of Episode 1. Oh, you're wondering if there we got an undercover main cast Eldian? I believe in. he had a hat, and I believe he had long brown hair. Interesting. I did not think about that. that and I was wondering cool. if it was like a mistake on that person's part. They put the armband on the wrong side like they didn't know. Oh, I Or they see. hadn't noticed. I mean, maybe I fell for it. I assumed 
it looks like that person had eye bandages, but I guess why would their eye bandages explain them putting their band on the wrong arm? It wouldn't. Mm. Well, Falco's throwaway line is like his, he's so, he's so uh, like distraught that he, he put it on the wrong arm. Yeah. He's so mentally fatigued, he put right. it on the wrong arm. That'd be, you know? that'd be a hell of a stinger if, uh, that'd be a cool little tip if it ends up being one of our main cast or like a gene or somebody on a mission yeah. to gather data. It might, it might not be that, but like I said, I just, I found that. That's cool though. Because then it cuts right to boom, you know, and then everyone kind of like jumps and falls over. Yep. So it was, uh. They, they don't really leave uh, much alone there. I mean, you know, they, they show you the emotional trauma Eldian scene. We cut to the dinner we just talked about. Yeah. And then we cut to overnight, where it's just a raging storm overnight. It's like, it's a very, very quick scene, but you see a suicide. You see yeah. somebody jump off a roof. Yeah. And they don't even mention it. They don't say anything about it. They just show you. There's no dialogue whatsoever. And it's again, they're just reinforcing like, hey, uh, this is this is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, this is you know they go it's, from not a great situation to being you know fodder in a war, to, and to just going back to the same you know life they had. Yeah. It's uh, which some, is you know a good analog for war too. Like you know it's you know real life war. Like I'm sure not all people come from a great place. You know when they go, to, yeah. you know when like they're drafted like that or you know in this absolutely drafted in this situation, but. Um, but one last thing in the dinner scene, our first mention of the original cast. Right. When, when Reiner has that, honestly, he has like a really weird, he has a flashback, like a PTSD moment right, right at the yeah. dinner table. Where he kind of mentions a bit, yeah, I infiltrated their military and I sort of figured Reiner was going to go down the route of like, you know, just like the broad strokes, but yeah. he gives these weirdly specific and intimate examples I caught most of them. There's two. There's two that I didn't. Uh, I I couldn't put a scene to. Me neither. I caught Potato Girl. He's talking about Sasha. Sasha. You know, I couldn't really think. Aaron of is clearly the the buffoon who just oh, wades so. into battle, and then like the two or the two buffoons that follow him. That's clearly like Army Mikasa and uh, and Aaron. Um, I think Connie was the bathroom one. Oh yeah, that might be it. Yeah. Um, so he remembers these people. Oh, yeah. and all, yeah. I mean, there's one more thing. Is he? I think he he says it twice in his little monologue because there's there's all kinds of people live on that island. Yeah. And right at the end, Gabby's like, "Yeah, but they're all they're all bad, right?" And then that's when his mom swoops in. You can tell his yeah. mom is like it's very similar to like Grisha's uh, or to I guess yeah Grisha's parents or Zeke's grandparents. You know, of like, no, no, like you are, like you're, you know, you're scum. Like you, you know, you have to like follow the path. You know, it's crazy that Grisha's grandparents are still alive, by the way. That he like literally greets them; they're his family. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Or Grisha's parents. It would be Grisha's parents. Oh, yeah. Zeke's grandparents. But yes. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, just and this thing too, because like Reiner, Reiner makes the mention. He's like, you know, after that dinner scene, and like, you know, Gabby's kind of like. Hey, like your mom's worried about you, and he's like, "Yeah, of course she is. I left when I was twelve, and I came home a man. You know, like he they went off to war at twelve years old, and they yeah. kind of just so th I think that's how old they are because that was our that was our question last week of how old these kid the warrior program kids must be. Yeah, and when, they're probably uh, in the 12, 12, 13 age. Yeah, because uh, what's his face Falco does says you know Gabby this girl is obsessed with you she'll die when she's twenty six or twenty seven so yeah, she's 13 got a thirteen years. year life sentence when she gets the Titan so yeah that puts her on track. Mm -hmm. well, she'll be fourteen I guess yeah yeah but it's close yeah. Um, if we wrap up and proceed to basically the last scene of the episode it's a meeting that Zeke seems to be holding uh, with all of the Titans uh, all the you know the warrior or the actual warriors. And there's no military presence there. The, it's only Eldians. They actually remark on that. Yeah. I think one of the guys is like, where's the brass? I'm sorry, not this room. Not in this room, yeah. which we'll come back to in a second. Um, but Zeke basically paints his plan. He says, yo, uh, we got to take Faraday's Island within a year. We're going to announce it. And we need to encourage, he's basically saying we need the public to remember. Yeah how shitty all those devils are on that island. Probably just to get the public behind another war effort mm -hmm. um, and, and whatnot. 
and they're going to use this family. This is this is where we get into some new, yeah, new areas new here. Um, I think you said they're called the Tiber family. Is that right? Yeah, Tiber family. And they hold a Titan, and I, the Warhammer Titan, which I'm going to assume we haven't seen yet. And this is also answers our question, because I think last week or, or the week before, you and I were trying to do a count of the Titans, and I feel like we were mm -hmm. off by one, and I think here it is. And here's a weird thing, is they go, oh yeah, the Warhammer Titan, his fam the family's never sent him into battle. Mm. Is that allowed? Like, do they just get to choose? Never into enemy territory. Oh, okay, that's the... Maybe there's a distinction there. So I think I think we're going to find more about the Cyber family. They clearly hold some power right. or trick. Because if they're Eldian, how would the Marley government allow them just to be rich and like separated? There, ha there has to be more to that story. Yeah, they're a respected family. They live in mansions. They mm -hmm. were saying like they've been living the life. So and they also they also point out they also point out they're the reason. In their like in their side of the story, mm -hmm. the Warhammer Titan is the reason that King Fritz had to leave to parody in the first place. Yeah, they, that family was responsible or a big part of driving King Fritz away. Yeah. So, lots to learn about this Tiber family. I can only imagine what a Warhammer Titan looks like, Dave. I know, dude. I'm, it's. I'm ready to find. Out. <laughs> I'm ready for some Titan on Titan fighting. Um. So clearly, they're going to be a part of this. Um, you know, most of the crew's basically on board. Um, I think pretty much everybody is there, and, you know, it's clear that... I think the episode ends on two things. It, it ends with Reiner being like, God damn it, am I really going back there? Yeah. <laughs> but right before that, you realize that the military, the Marlians, are listening in on their little meeting. And they say, oh, you know, everything sounds good. Except for that one thing Zeke said, that, that we weren't in this room. See, I found that strange, because when Zeke said that, I never... When he said not in this room, I assumed that, like, they're they're listening, but they're just not in this room. Yeah, it makes you wonder... So... Sorry, like, just to finish, to finish my thought is, like, does the Marley Brass think that Zeke has never known... Or that was like he had like he had revealed that he knew they were always listening, or they are listening, or was it him saying, "Don't talk, not in this room." I had the same dilemma. Um, yeah. I don't know if the audience is meant to believe that Zeke actually believes that he's being unheard, yeah. or um, is he, you know, is he is he playing coy and he very well knows that he's being recorded and listened to, and he's just pretending that he doesn't. Mm. Um, hard to tell, but either way, I think the point remains again that these they are under heavy surveillance. Just because they're titans doesn't really give them much, or just because they're warriors doesn't mean that they've earned privacy or anything, right? No. Um, if they meet wherever they are, Marlene Brass wants to uh, wants to know about it. Yeah, and. See, this is, like, the way they close this episode out is so interesting because Zeke is very forward-thinking. He knows that if he does not get the Founding Titan, it's it's just straight up the end of Eldians altogether. Because if they don't, you know, if Marley doesn't get their weapon, you know, their tech together, and if they don't have the Titans, the rest of the world thinks the Eldians, like, they have just, like, terrorized them for how many hundreds of years? Yeah. This, if they ever are in a situation where they lost, like, the Marlins would be wiped out. Like, they'd probably be given a pass to live kind of thing, like, you know, like, treaties of war and all that, you know, peace treaties. But all mm -hmm. the Eldians would be wiped out. Yeah, it makes you want, yeah. Is it just genocide if Marley loses? If so, 100%. I it, think that's what they've implied. If so, it explains why they need Marley to win, even yeah. though it's like they're, you know, the ruler that they know versus the non-existent if their ruler loses. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he does a good job, or the show does a good job of illustrating this is our last shot. Mm -hmm. We have as much on the line at this point as the main cast folks do at, on Parody Island, because they risk everything if they can't occupy Parody within a year. Yeah. So maybe uh, you know maybe by the end of this, maybe next week or the week after that, we'll we'll see the the main cast. I didn't look at the preview. I don't think. I did see. I think we're getting another episode without. Yeah, it would but, be shocking. I wonder how much longer they're going to do this for. I do think we're getting a reveal of the Stinger character from episode one. 
That'd be cool. Yeah, I want to. Hey. I want some. You know, we've done quite a bit of background. We've set some stakes. Yeah, I'm ready to see a bit of development. I do believe it's going to be a Falco centric episode. That's the way they kind of marketed yeah. it in that. Yeah, in like that. You know, ten second stinger. Well, so, Falco's an interesting character. So. But they also, you know, yeah, it's, it's interesting because they kind of, they kind of, you know, like I said, they painted it as, you know, it's like shot, shot, shot of Falco, and then there's a kind of like a, you know, like a like a tagline, like a closing line, and then it just cuts to Reiner, and it's oh, like, yeah. you know, so like, I, my guy Reiner, I'm uh, I'm really rooting for him. You know, I I don't want him. From you know, from the get go, he's always been such an interesting character. Mm-hmm. You know, he clearly conflicted, clearly damaged from all the trauma that he's had to go through. Like Dude, he's had a miserable existence, and like yeah. the 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 shitty part is that even if he was able to find some kind of peace or salvation. He's probably got a year left to live anyway. Like that's the yeah. shitty part. Is you know what I mean? Even if he he was able to wash off all this indoctrination or yeah. just escape and be happy elsewhere, he, he'd be dead anyway. Yeah. So that's uh, obviously a key message. I think um, yeah. is you know he's you know become a means to an end, and I think that uh, the best case is that he gains some independence. And some freedom from everything before he dies, mm. but he's going to die. Yeah, I think uh, I think Reiner's gonzo. Yeah, you know for sure. But I think they've been alluding to that for oh God, quite yeah. some time. He's though. had like, so many near brushes with death. Yeah, yeah. His it's so funny. The armor titan, like the plot armor, is you know slowly <laughs> fading away. Like he's you know he got cut to bits in that last one. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, Aaron and Co. and the Scouts, they've all kind of got his number at this point, too. Not to take anything away from him. You know, he's mm-hmm. very effective, but yeah. he is not nearly the, like, invincible force that he was when he knocked down that wall a while well, back. Well, he's, he's been a shield for, like, lit- like, literally he's been a suit of armor, a shield, a protector of, you know, his side. And he's now useless. Yep. No, not essentially. Like he's still, you know, very powerful, and you know, he's like a tactical mind, and you know, he's he's a, a soldier, but his purpose of being that impenetrable wall is it's no longer the case. Yeah. You know the, you know the significance of that titan, like the hierarchy. If anything, like Galliard would be like a more sought after titan now because like of his speed and agility and avoiding and like getting in close. Yeah, dude. Whereas, that guy looks. You know, yeah, Galliard looked yeah. super effective in that first episode. Yeah. Uh, and I think as part of like just like the Crunchyroll trailers or maybe even part of the opening theme that you see some Galliard action scenes upcoming. Oh, in, okay. And it, it looks like he's going to be squaring off a bunch in this uh, throughout the season. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see more of him. I'm interested to see yeah. more of him and Piek and all these other people. And obviously the Warhammer Titan. I'm, I just I that don't name. yeah the name alone I'm sure we're not going to get like a like a, a, re- a shifting reveal or anything like that but uh, I'm curious to see like this Tiber family you know that's you know yeah. more care I'm throw as much character at us as you want is all I can say like the the show just oozes with like you know lore and you know just always keeping you on your toes and I love that I love being confused I love rewatching scenes like you know thirty seconds back at a time to be like. What? Okay. Let's, <laughs> you know, it's, I, I love it. No, man, it's, I agree. They lay it on super thick in this show. Yeah. And it's really, really, really well done. Uh, I'm super excited for next week's episode, episode three, and we should pick up then. Absolutely. Can't wait to talk to you, Dave. All right, bud. Until next time. Thanks for listening.